Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Joey Logano to the lead, Reddick around the outside to second, Byron's in the fence, hard in turn one, it's Joey Logano, exits two for the final time. Logano running away with this run, Tyler Reddick about five car lengths back, too far back to try to make a run at the bid for the lead. Logano in the turn number three, right up against the outside wall, looking for the checkered flag here in Darlington. Dry spell will end this afternoon for Joey Logano, off four, final time, crowd on their feet, and Joey Logano has won at Darlington. His first win of the 2022 season. Uh, just an incredible race there at the end with William. And uh, I don't know if he meant to get into me and fence me, but he did. And uh, at that point, I felt like it was game on and uh, was able to get back to him there last few laps, pushing really hard. And I uh, just knew that was my shot to win the thing, and I had to take it. So NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Kyle Rickey. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live. I'm Kyle Rickey. Mike Bagley is still feeling under the weather after the Darlington race weekend, so I'm here to guide you through today's show And there's a lot to guide you through. Samantha Bush talks to Steve Post about her infertility advocacy. William Byron joins us to talk Hendrick Motorsports dominance. The NASCAR Hall of Fame class was announced for 2023. We'll hear about the careers of the new inductees. We preview the race weekend at Kansas. We revisit some of the best moments of 20 years of racing at the Kansas Speedway and much more. But first, Chris Wilner is here with the latest headlines in NASCAR Nation. Well, Kyle, Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing has been showing improvement on the track recently. That momentum's continuing off the track. The team announcing that King's Hawaiian Pretzel Buns will be the sponsor of Brad Keselowski in two races this season, starting this weekend in Kansas. Paint scheme will feature a bright orange car with blue chrome numbers one that Brad thinks the fans will enjoy seeing on the track. I get a lot of comments on fans about our paint schemes that uh, uh, we work really hard on to make sure there's something we're proud of and our fans like. So I think we got another cool one that our fans will enjoy and uh, with a brand that uh, I'm glad to be associated with. So uh, all real positive things for our sport and, and certainly for our race team. The Xfinity Series is off this weekend at Kansas, but one of those series regulars won't be taking a vacation. Stuart Haas Racing driver Riley Herbst will be running the Camping World Truck Series race this weekend at Kansas. 
Herps will be driving that 17 truck for David Gillen Racing with his traditional sponsorship from Monster Energy. Herbst is currently on one of the best runs of his career. The Las Vegas native currently sits 8th in the Xfinity Series point standings, and his 3rd place finish at Darlington was his 5th straight top 10. MRN will have flag-to-flag coverage of Saturday's Heart of America 200 starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Kyle? Thank you, Chris. Coming up, Samantha Bush and William Byron. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. With Mother's Day this past weekend, we talked to Samantha Bush ahead of the arrival of her and Kyle's second baby and the struggles she's had on her journey of motherhood. One of my favorite mothers in the pit area, because she's a racer's mom, Uh, She's also Kyle Busch's wife, but Samantha Bush joins us here as we look at this special weekend. Hello, Samantha. Welcome into Motor Racing Network. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Samantha's son, Brexton, races out at Millbridge Speedway. I do some announcing out there on Tuesday night, and I just love the fact that you're carrying pizza, getting him into his uniform, getting him to driver's meeting, racing mom. Boy, I'll tell you what, that keeps you hopping, I'm sure. Uh, especially when Kyle plans his schedule. Yes, it does. We are doing um, beginner box at Mill, the other tracks. We're doing quarter midgets and we're doing junior sprints. And then at some of the tracks, he's able to do box too. So yeah, I think he was racing something like 60 some races this year. It's, it's, a, it's crazy, but it's good. Yeah, my gosh, my gosh. How how do you what what's mom's role at the racetrack? Are you because because you're also I've watched you. You're also you probably have to be a mom to Kyle a little bit too. What's what's mom's role on race night? <laughs> Uh, so mom's role is I'm the one who brings all the food. I get the driver dressed and ready and kind of reel him in. And I, I kid you not, I like to laugh moms versus dads. So I go and I'm putting the food away the other day. We drove out to Coleridge, which is like two hours away. And I come out the holler and I'm like, where's Brexton Kyle? Cause he was sitting there working on the cars. He goes, oh, I don't know. It's like, what do you mean? You're supposed to be watching. He was like, Oh, I, I don't know. He's got to be around here somewhere. And I'm like, okay. So mom's job is to like, make sure we know where the driver's at, which is why I like to joke that I put him in a lime green fire suit when all the other kids are in black. Cause then I can find him in a crowd. Um, and just, you know, sometimes there's some big emotions going. And so just having to, you know, help him deal with those emotions and, and, you know, he's sick. So helping him work through them. Cause obviously it, it's normal to be disappointed, but just helping him work through all that. It's gotta be an interesting dynamic because he's competitive. Kyle <laughs> is obviously competitive. He's six year old. I, I see him focused on his race car. And two minutes later, I see him running around with his buddies. That balance has gotta be, it's, it, it, it's fun to watch, but it's gotta have its moments. Yeah, it's funny, you know, the moms and I like to joke, you know, before the races, we're like, 
wiping them down because they're all sweaty because they've been playing football or you know our favorite is whenever you put them in like new shoes or a new suit inevitably they're gonna like go rolling through the mud that day while they're playing games so um he is super competitive but he also at this age has a lot of fun i love you know when the boys get out of the car and they're fist bumping and giving each other hugs and it's it's a really really fun little community that we have um competitive but fun i loved it a couple weeks ago we were in victory lane and all of his buddies helped him push the car into victory lane and i just yeah. think that i just think that is so neat i really really do now of course we're talking about brexton your son of the present but uh you are also expecting a little girl how is things going with that how is the how is the process going there Yes, very stressful. Um, she's literally due any day now. Um, her real due date is May 13th, but you know, um, so for those listening that don't know, unfortunately after multiple um, miscarriages and failed cycles through IVF, um, the doctors did not really think that I'd be able to carry. So I was fortunate to carry Brexton, but we have a gestational carrier right now. So um, 100% like our daughter, our DNA, just different carrier. Um, and she is due May 13th, and it is our carrier's third child. So they say with the third one, sometimes they come a little bit early. Yeah. The surrogacy model, um, how has that been for you emotionally, mentally? What's, how, how is, how, how does that work for you, Sam? It's a mix of emotions. Obviously, very grateful that, you know, somebody is willing to do this for us and we were able to go through this um, and able, to kind of shed light on another part of infertility. Um, but also, you know, as as a woman, it's difficult to not be able to carry your own child and kind of get to feel the experiences of the ultrasounds and, you know, the kicks and, and all the things that go into it. So Kyle and I have really just tried to make Brexton really involved so that he doesn't feel like he's missing out on the experience. So he's been the one, um, he got to tell our family and friends, he got to help pick out the middle name, all those things, just so it's extra special for him. How, is, is he excited about having a little sister? So he's excited, but I'm gonna say with a but, um, we were literally, well, at Millbridge and everybody's like, wow, she can come any day. and. He told the group, he was like, well, not Saturday. I have a race on Saturday and my mom comes to all my races. And so I told him, I was like, well, buddy, you know, if she comes on Saturday, like we might have to miss that race. And he was like, no, she can stay with Mimi and Pops. You have to come with me. You always come with me. So I I am sensing, I, I can't go. So I'm seven years older than my brother, Kyle, seven years younger than Kurt and Brexton and his sister will be almost seven years to the date. So just worked like that. Like the numbers, that's for sure. Samantha, one of the things I've always been impressed with you and Kyle about is your decision. You know, it, it's very personal what you go through with infertility and, and, and having Brexton and then and then working through this process. The decision to go public with it, the social media, to share the happy moments, to share the harder moments. How difficult was that? Um, how difficult just the process to get to where you where you two got to with that? So I like to tell people when we started going through infertility, it was 
almost a decade ago and Instagram wasn't what it was, right? TikTok wasn't around. So all these resources that people have in order to learn and advocate for themselves and even speak up to their, you know, HR about coverage, all these different things, they weren't around back then. And so I just feel really grateful that myself and a number of other women in the community decided to really speak up about what one in eight couples will go through. But it's just been amazing to hear from women all over the country that just said, you know, I felt comfortable going to the doctor because I heard your story, or I felt comfortable bringing this up with my family because you shared your story. And so that that was the goal. And we're really excited to see how far it's come. I, I'm sitting here and, and I, I think I remember when you and Kyle started dating and you know you, you you have this life and you're with this nascar champion and you're rolling along did you ever in your wildest dreams it would evolve into this beautiful adv advocacy story no um honestly yeah. when we trying to have our family we were so young you know you remember the nascar baby boom everybody was having kids and we were so excited to start our family and it just didn't happen but you know looking back on it a decade later you know that god puts you through things for a reason um people always ask me like if you could change something in your journey would you and it's been hard you never want to face the things you had to face but because of all the challenges we've been able to uniquely help people in different ways um and that feels really good to know that like I feel like God gave us this purpose and we're living it out every day and, and changing people's lives. And it's really cool to see. Like, I just want somebody to be able to come along to a grant with me because I literally just left one. And the emotions and the excitement, it's its like being with a kid on Christmas morning. It, it's just, you can visibly see like a weight lifted off the couple's shoulders. And I understand that it's no guarantee, but when you can take one part of a hard process away from people and just see that joy that they get, it's, it's very rewarding. Thank you, Postman. Such an important message and cause that Samantha and Kyle Bush advocate for. Coming up, William Byron, and later we highlight the new class of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Hendrick Motorsports has been on a tear in 2022. Each of their drivers have scored at least one win, with William Byron getting two already. Chris Wildner chatted with the Charlotte native about his success. Joining us on NASCAR Live, the driver of the number 24 Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet, William Byron. Appreciate you joining us. You're going to go back to your roots a little bit as well on Throwback Weekend and go run the Super Late Model again in the North-South uh, Super Late Model Shootout at Nashville Fairgrounds. How much fun has this year been for you getting to do that kind of stuff? Obviously, you got a win at Hickory with Donnie Wilson. You ran the Dirt Late Model for the first time. Um, has it been fun for 
for you and what benefits do you see as a driver uh, getting more seat time away from the stock car? Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I've certainly been a lot busier than I've ever been, which has been uh, good and bad. I think that I've learned, you know, I've learned what works for me, learned learned the travel schedule, uh, how to keep up with things and how to, you know, make sure that I'm ready for the next race, whatever that is, whether it's a you know cup race, which is obviously very, very important. And then uh, the other races also. So I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I think I've had the, the most fun driving the super late model for, for Donnie and, and Bond and all those guys, because they've got a great team and a bunch of racers on that team. So they, they just, they know what they're talking about and it's nice to, nice to go to them and ask questions and and have them give me answers and also just go to a different racetrack got teammates kyle larson obviously we know what he does on the dirt side and chase elliott's been doing some dirt racing and super late model racing so for you have they roped you into a little bit more dirt racing do we see a chili bowl or maybe even a micro at millbridge in your future yeah i could see the micro maybe um i just don't i don't think i'm good enough in the midgets to i've never done it but i don't think you know my experience level i don't i don't want to crash so i uh i think um yeah I, I could see i could see maybe doing a micro race or or just going to test and having some fun but um you know dirt's a pretty far departure from what i'm what i grew up with and uh definitely not a tra an easy transition but you know i think i think as i get a little bit more open to it and the, the problem i have with dirt is i've never really watched a race on dirt so i don't i don't even know what you know what you do and I think that's probably my weakness because I, I don't, you know, I just don't know where to start. It just looks all different to me. So it's, uh yeah, it could be fun and um, we'll see. But right now I'm really excited about the, you know, asphalt super stuff I have going on and love kind of growing that community. I feel like there's a lot of great racers over there. So um, we'll see, but just try to race as much as I can is kind of the, the goal and hopefully you'll get in good stuff along the way. Hendrick Motorsports this year has just been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, uh, the wins aside with everyone taking at least one, you've got two, but the consistency and the speed, is there anything different about this year? It feels like every week it's like top four at some point is Hendrick Motorsports. So what's this year been like for you guys as a whole? Yeah, it's been, um, you know, honestly, I think the results have shown, you know, good things, but it's been hard. You know, I think nobody really has a great handle on this car yet. Um, you know, I'd say last year at this time, we're, we're more dominant than, uh, than we've been so far, you know, but the results and kind of the law of averages kind of worked out in our favor this year so far. So um, I think last year we were dominating races, but finding ways to maybe lose or, or um, things like that. And I feel like now we're just more, we're used to winning. And so we know how to put ourselves in those positions and, um, and capitalize as, as race teams. So um, yeah, I think still a lot to learn, a lot to, uh, to continue to to uh, get better on, but um, yeah, so far so good in, in the results category for sure, and in the points category too. So we just gotta gotta kind of keep figuring out this car, and I think as we get closer to the the playoffs, hopefully that's the case. Cup Series has nine different winners coming into this weekend, which is just a staggering number. You're one of two drivers in the whole field that's got multiple wins. How much more of a relief this year is having a win uh, at this point? As we get into the summer months, it's awfully hard to point your way into the playoffs as we get deeper into the season. So is the relief that much bigger this year to not only have one but two wins, but to be solidly in the postseason, knowing that there's a lot more pressure on a lot of the rest of the field? 
Yeah, it's it's really nice to to have two wins. I think so far it shows that our team is really capable of capitalizing on on good days, and I think we've got the most laps led too. So we know how to run up front. We know how to you know put good cars on the track, and I think for us it's just about getting that consistency. And you know if we're if we're finding ways to make this car do what it, it needs to do, and so I think you know for us there's still a lot to be learned, but. Um, but yeah, certainly the, the days that we do have a good car, um, it really, really shows. So just uh, looking forward to hopefully continuing to get better and as a race team. And, uh, you know, I know that, you know, having those couple wins kind of affords us the chance to, you know, make some mistakes and, um, you know, learn along the way. So biggest thing for us is learning this car. And uh, I think we're doing a decent job of it so far. And kind of on that point, has your approach with crew chief Rudy Fugel changed as far as stage points are concerned, considering well, if we keep racking up all these winners, you're going to have to separate yourself a little bit, get yourself in a good spot going to the postseason. So has that changed your guys' approach as far as race strategy to focus on stage points a little bit more? Yeah, I think um, there's two things for us we look at is um, playoff points and overall points. So I think, you know, if we can be leading in those categories, those are those are good categories to lead. Uh, they're probably the most important and kind of the only ones that matter uh, when it comes to postseason. So I think, you know, for us, we're third in points and, um, you know, we've got the playoff points, uh, the most playoff points so far, but it's pretty close between the top three or four. So we, we've got to continue to rack those up and obviously stage wins are, are key, um, you know, and then and then obviously the, the overall points. You don't want to just uh, give away a bunch of a bunch of stage points if they're up for grabs. So um, definitely important to get those. And you mentioned learning this race car is, is a task every week. And I know you get asked every week, what does the car feel like here? And it, we're at probably a point now, I think we've almost ran it. Most of this, you know, style, different styles of racetracks, at least once with yeah. this next gen car. How comfortable are you? And do you foresee any major changes happening? Or is it just more now fine tuning things? Yeah, I think it's fine tuning. Um, yeah, obviously we change as the, as the rules evolve. And I'm sure you know, with the, the wheels coming off the cars, I think there'll be a change there, I'm sure, as we get uh, in the summer months, because, you know, there's been a lot of lot of wheel issues and, um, you know, eventually that kind of is a safety hazard. So I think, um, yeah, we're definitely looking at that. But, um, you know, as far as the car goes, it's it's honestly been pretty similar uh, over the last eight, nine weeks. I mean, they've allowed us to kind of get, you know, accustomed to it. And I think we're still going to racetracks for the first time. So we're still trying to figure out our, our sim and, um, and what we need as a setup. And um, hopefully that continues to, uh, to evolve and improve as we go. Thank you again, Chris. Coming up, we hear a little bit about the newest class going into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And later, we preview the race weekend in Kansas. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. 
Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The class of 2023 going into the NASCAR Hall of Fame has been announced. We've got three new names and careers to celebrate. Let's hear more about them with Dave Moody. Last week, the 2023 NASCAR Hall of Fame class was voted upon and announced as Matt Kenseth, Kirk Shelmerdine, and Herschel McGriff were elected to the 13th class since the inception of the Hall in 2010. In addition, Mike Helton was named the recipient of the Landmark Award for Outstanding Contributions to NASCAR. Over 18 full-time seasons, Matt Kenseth quietly filled his trophy case, conquering every major milestone on the NASCAR Cup Series schedule. Kenseth ranks 21st on the all-time wins list with 39 Cup wins, including two Daytona 500s. Here they come up the back straightaway for the final time. Matt Kenseth leads. Biffle is second. Junior is third. Everybody single file to three. Top three cars, nose to tail. Kenseth, Biffle, Earnhardt Jr. Earnhardt Jr. continues to shove Biffle. Here they come off turn four for the final time. It'll be settled among these three drivers coming back to the line. Kenseth now Jr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. appeals to the outside. Can't make it happen. Matt Kenseth is going to win the Daytona 500. The Southern 500. He didn't lead the most laps by any stretch of the imagination, but he's on his way to leading the only one that counts. Matt Kenseth all by himself in Darlington for the final time off two. His bright red Toyota Camry comes off the end of the back straightaway in firm command. Here's Matt Kenseth diving to the bottom of turns three and four, looking for victory in Darlington. Scoring his third win of the 2013 season and getting his first ever Southern 500 victory. Matt Kenseth wins tonight at Darlington along with the Coca-Cola 600 and the All-Star Race. His crowning achievement came in his fourth season, winning the 2003 Cup Series Championship, where he led the point standings for the final 32 weeks of the season. That's beyond cool. I mean, Richard Petty's the first Winston Cup champion. It's amazing to think that they were the last Winston Cup champion. So, um, you know, it's just a huge honor to to even to talk to the King and somebody that you've idolized growing up as a stock car racer. And uh, just, uh, just so happy to be here. Kenseth's title made a lasting impact on the sport as he won the championship with one victory on the season. That contributed to the impetus for a playoff, which was introduced the following year and evolved into the elimination format currently in place. Not many reached the pinnacle of their profession as quickly as Kirk Shelmerdine. At age 25, Shelmerdine posted his first win as a crew chief in 1983 at Riverside, California with Ricky Rudd. Ladies and gentlemen, down to the line to win his first Winston Cup victory, taking the checkered flag, Ricky Rudd in the Piedmont Airlines car as he waves to the fans as he crosses the line. That win at Riverside would only be the beginning for Shelmerdine, who at Richard Childress Racing teamed up with NASCAR Hall of Famer Dale Earnhardt. In 1986, the pair won its first championship. Again, our congratulations. Headed to New York, and you to pick up another big check. Uh, I know you don't need the money, but I know you'll, you'll take the check. It's the same. Yeah, I will. Uh, you know, I like to say thanks to all my fans and uh, everybody that pushed us on and helped us with the championship, and uh, you know, it was just a great year for us. Shelmerdine and Earnhardt would go on to win three more titles together in 1987, 1990, and 1991. You know, it's it great to run up front for a change with a uh, a little better today we've been, and, uh, you know, I just got to thank this GM Goodrich Chevrolet team for, you know, Richard Childers and all the guys. They did a great job. Winston Cup champion five times. That's, that's, you know, that's pretty hard to believe. Well, you stand alone now in second place. Well, we, we went working hard, you know, and uh, Richard, Richard's the king, and he always will be, no matter whether I catch him or not. 
But, uh, you know, his mark's there, and we're getting closer, so we got hopefully we got 10 years left in this business. We can hang on in there. Over his 16-year crew chief career with Earnhardt, Rudd, James Hilton, and Richard Childress, Shelmerdine won 46 races and posted top 10 finishes in more than half of his starts. He retired from the pit box in 1992 to pursue a career as a driver, where he made 41 starts in all three NASCAR National Series. Herschel McGriff, who turned 94 in December, competed in NASCAR races for seven decades, beginning with the 1950 Southern 500 at Darlington Raceway and ending in the 2018 k Pro Series West race in Tucson at the ripe age of 90. McGriff started 85 races in parts of 28 different NASCAR Cup Series seasons, capturing four wins, all in 1954 when he finished sixth in championship points. McGriff was best known for his driving on the Arca Menard Series West, competing in parts of 35 seasons. He won 37 races, good for third on the all-time West Series list. His signature year came in 1986, when he won the series title, part of a string of 10 consecutive years with finishes in the top 10 in championship points. In 1998, McGriff was named one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers. Mike Helton is easily one of the most familiar faces and names in the NASCAR community. Now serving as vice chairman of NASCAR, he began his leadership career with the sport back in 1980. In 2000, Helton became the first person outside the France family to be named NASCAR's president. Helton's nearly five-decade-long career in the sport has been spent working in a wide variety of jobs. He first worked in racing as the public relations director at Atlanta Motor Speedway, before moving on to the general manager's post at the track, then being hired away to work at Daytona International Speedway. Helton left his mark on the sport through his hard work on the competition side of the game. Helton led the push to increase safety standards, something NASCAR took the lead on and continues to revolutionize today. His influence can also be seen in the NASCAR Research and Development Center in Concord, North Carolina, the first such facility owned and operated by a racing sanction body. All four of these men have played a large role in the success of NASCAR and the lasting impact that the sport has in its communities, the lives of its fans, sponsors, and drivers, both past and present. Thank you, Dave. Coming up, we preview the race weekend at Kansas, and later we revisit some of the best racing moments at Kansas Speedway over the last 20 years. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. The NASCAR Cup Series is headed to the Sunflower State for a weekend packed with action. Let's hear from what some of your favorite drivers are expecting from the race weekend with Jason Toy. After a chaotic throwback weekend at Darlington Raceway, the NASCAR Cup Series heads to the Midwest and the plains of Kansas. 
The drivers at the center of that controversy at Darlington were Joey Logano and William Byron. After Logano used an aggressive move to pass the 24 in the closing laps, Byron was obviously upset after the race. But as far as Logano is concerned, the two are even. That, we're equal, man. That, you, you put me in the wall first. It's Like I said, it's game on. At, at that point in my eyes, it's equal. If I punted him out of the way for, for no reason there, well, to win the race without him doing something to me in, in the past at any point, which he never has in the past, um, yeah, and it's, and it's not like he meant to fence me. Right? I don't think he meant to run me in the wall. The facts are he did. Um, you know, and, and it's it's racing, and it kind of took it, the the win out of my eyes and, and or out of my my hands. And so at that point, like I said, you, you're gonna have to do what you have to do to get the lead back in the same manner he got it. And so that's kind of how that works. That win locked Logano into the playoffs and was his first win in a points race in over a year. Byron has emerged as a championship contender and is one of only two drivers with multiple victories. The 24 team has shown a lot of speed at mile and a half tracks, and Byron expects them to be good again at Kansas. But yeah, I mean, we're, we've been to a couple high speed racetracks. I, I think Vegas has been, a, it's been a long time since we went to Vegas, but we're obviously good there. We finished fifth and had a good result. So um, I, I'd see us being strong at Kansas for sure. I just haven't really haven't put much thought into it. The last time the Cup Series raced at Kansas was last fall, and Byron's Hendrick Motorsports teammate Kyle Larson had a dominant performance. Looking for number nine out of turn four. The exits turn number four, no traffic out of the windshield, checkered flag in the air. Kyle Larson wins the Hollywood Casino 400 at Kansas Speedway. A nice performance leading 130 of the 267 laps. Kyle Larson, a winner at Kansas. Larson is expected to be one of the favorites to win this weekend, and he lists the track as one of his favorites. A big reason why? The ability to run right against the wall. So I think at Kansas, I think I think Reddick did a test there, and I remember him tweeting something about how he just ran right next to the wall the whole time. And So I, I, I imagine it's probably pretty easy to run next to the wall, so I think it may be less of a multi-groove track, I think. But... Um, yeah, we'll see. You, know, I, I love Kansas. It's it's definitely one of my favorite tracks, and you know, it does have multiple multiple lanes typically. Um, but yeah, if that top gets going really fast, it, it does make it hard to pass. So, you know, I'd like to uh, hope that we can you know, run the bottom and middle and things like that. But uh, yeah, I know I know Reddick will be against the fence, anyways. As Larson mentioned, Tyler Reddick is a driver known for running up against the wall. He expects to do so at Kansas, but he says a lot of how chaotic this race turns out being is dependent on the wind. If the wind's blowing around pretty good, you know, that certainly um, is a factor and really makes the track um, treacherous and, and, and unforgiving. So the playoff race we had there um, last year, uh, that was some of the craziest racing I've ever been a part of on a mile and a half where the wind pretty much felt like was picking your car off the ground and shoving it one way or the other so uh you know it'll depend on the wind um based on you know how the tire test went you know i think i'm not really expecting it to be you know super chaotic you never know though you know it depends on the wind who hits it right who misses it this car is definitely the finer line if you miss the balance of this race car on a mile and a half a big track like that they're really hard to drive. Reddick turned things around this past weekend with a second place finish after somewhat of a mini slump. Another driver who has been showing improved speed recently is Chris Busher. Busher is excited to get to Kansas, not only because of how his team is running, but because of the multiple groove racing the track tends to produce. Kansas has been a lot of fun being able to move around there in the past. And uh, I think that 
that is is definitely a hope that we'll be able to, to move around and try and uh, try and see what we can we can do for clean air out front, uh, what we can do for for multiple grooves. I think that uh, we're getting ready to find a pretty uh, pretty defined durability test here this weekend on uh, on what that right side can take. I think uh, we're we're pretty pretty confident in the body's ability to handle it. Uh, I think it's suspension that we're we're starting to think about. Uh, I know there's been some updates made to the car since early in the year, and uh, it seems like it has been better, and it probably will be. Uh, just got to make sure that we don't uh, don't get too aggressive with that. Uh, and when we get to Kansas, if that's something that allows you to go up there next to the fence and be a little bit more aggressive with it, then you know, might be able to, to instill a little more confidence than you would have had when you had a metal body and, and it was sitting there rubbing on a tire as soon as you barely scrubbed it. Could Busher or Reddick add to the growing list of winners in 2022? Well, we'll find out Sunday when the cup cars take to the track in the Advent Health 400. MRN's coverage begins with NASCAR Live Race Day at 2 p.m. Eastern. Thank you, Jason. Coming up, the best moments from Kansas Speedway's history. And later, we've got a new This Week in NASCAR History. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We have been racing at the Kansas Speedway for 20 years now. Lots of moments and memories over that time have been made. Let's revisit some of the best action that Kansas Speedway has brought us. Kansas Speedway has played host to the NASCAR Cup Series since the fall of 2001, meaning a full 20 years have passed since NASCAR's premier division first visited the Speedway in the Sunflower State. Through the years, several notable moments have played out at Kansas, intense finishes and standout memories that have left an indelible mark on the mile-and-a-half track. The first two NASCAR Cup Series races at Kansas were both won by Jeff Gordon. The NASCAR Hall of Famer would win a total of three times at the track in his illustrious career. Ricky Rudd managing to hang on to third for now. Rusty Wallace takes another shot at him, but the leader, Jeff Gordon, is on the backstretch. Final time down the backstretch and into turn three. It looks like Jeff Gordon is headed for victory. He has a lead of about three car lengths over the second spot of Ryan Newman. Battle for third is wheel to wheel between Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd. Rusty Wallace, Ricky Rudd, Sterling Marlin going at it as Jeff Gordon comes to the line and wins the Protection 1-400. Joining Gordon and sharing the record of three wins at Kansas are Jimmy Johnson, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, and Joey Logano. Having been a part of the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs since 2004, Kansas Speedway has been the setting for several dramatic playoff moments. In 2008, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson was in a battle for the lead with Carl Edwards as the white flag waved. The lead is down to two cars. Carlanks and Carl Edwards is on the hunt, takes it way to the outside, all the way up, nearly gets a piece of the wall, gets a great run on Johnson, he's on his back bumper. For the final time up the back straightaway, here comes Jimmy Johnson and Carl Edwards, this is the battle for the win here in Kansas. Here's Edwards, bonsai move to the bottom of the racetrack, slides under Johnson, no great the lead, he's in the wall, Edwards slams the wall and Johnson cuts back to the bottom. Jimmy Johnson comes back to the bottom as Carl drives it in too hard, he hits the wall, Jimmy Johnson is going to win today, taking the Camping World RV 400. Johnson would go on to earn his third consecutive Cup Series championship. Fast forward to 2010, when a feud between Kyle Busch and David Rudiman played out. 
Early in the race, Bush made contact with Rudiman, causing him to spin into the safer barrier. Off the corner, trouble. One car is around. It's David Rudiman. He backs into the outside wall, slides down across the banking. Everybody forced to scatter. He'll get away free. David Rudiman with a solo spin and a bit of impact with the rear of the Aaron's Dream Machine to the outside wall in turn number two. Later that afternoon, Rudiman would have his revenge. Well, I'll tell you, there's some hard feelings between driver David Rudiman, Rudiman and Kyle Busch, and it's been going on for some time here. And basically, the gist of it is is that uh, David Rudiman and Kyle Busch have gotten together on the racetrack, and at least from the Rudiman campsite, they feel like they've been on the receiving end of it. Earlier today, they felt like they were on the receiving end of it again, and so there was some contact over on the back straightaway between those cars. Kyle Busch got some damage. David Rudiman got some damage as well, and the teams are down here none too happy with each other. Quite a bit of radio chatter on the Rudiman team about uh, making sure that we start taking care of some of these things, some of these situations that have been happening that David Rudiman has been the victim of, and not sure what happened out on the racetrack, but not maybe a coincidence that those two cars have gotten together here twice this afternoon at Kansas. While Rudiman would spin himself, he caused damage to Bush's car, costing him a chance at the championship as he would finish the day in the 21st position. This past weekend at Darlington, Joey Logano was involved in a controversial finish after making contact with William Byron. Going back to the fall of 2015 at Kansas, Logano had a similar moment with Matt Kenseth. Kenseth throws the block on Logano. All the way up against a safer barrier. Logano may have made contact. They're back in one. Kenseth gets tagged and he spins. He squeezed Logano into the wall in turn one. Logano got him back in two. And around goes Matt Kenseth. Down onto the apron as the field scatters to the outside. Logano would go on to win that afternoon in Kansas. In fact, all three of Logano's wins at Kansas Speedway have occurred in fall playoff races, making Kansas a preferred track for the 2018 championship. Since 2011, Kansas has held two race dates on the NASCAR Cup Series calendar. Going back to last year's spring event, Kyle Busch swept the weekend, winning in both the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and the NASCAR Cup Series while celebrating his 36th birthday. Elliott had a run halfway down the back straightaway. He's got to check up their three wide from third on back as up front. Here comes Kyle Busch. He's going to steal it this afternoon in Kansas. Kyle Busch celebrating his birthday today is going to do it with a checkered flag. Kyle Busch wins the Bushy McBush Race 400 at Kansas Speedway. Then last fall, Kyle Larson won his third consecutive playoff race on his way to the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series Championship. Putting this field in a hammerlock one more time here at Kansas. Off to turn number two. He'll ring the bell again. Young money for the final time. Here he comes. He's halfway up the back straightaway. Free and clear of the lap traffic. Kyle Larson at the entrance of three. Eight isn't enough. Kyle Larson looking for number nine out of turn four. He exits turn number four. No traffic out of the windshield. Checkered flag in the air. Kyle Larson wins the Hollywood Casino 400 at Kansas Speedway. Motor Racing Network will be back on the scene once again this weekend as we find out what history-making moment will happen next at Kansas Speedway. Coming up, we've got this week in NASCAR history. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Kyle Rickey. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. All right, it's that time again. Susie Armstrong is here with This Week in NASCAR History. Take it away, Susie.
1982. Tommy Two-Tone had the number on the wall and stuck in our heads as 8675309 Jenny rang off the hook at the top of the charts. Arnold Schwarzenegger became an invincible fighter in the box office busting Conan the Barbarian. And Daryl Waltrip was a force to be reckoned with in Music City, battling for the checkers in the Cracker Barrel Country Store 420 at Nashville Speedway. Every lap of the Cracker Barrel 420, white flag in the hand of Harold Kinder. One lap to go for the Junior Johnson Mountain Dew Buick. He's in turn two. And it's appropriate that he is all by himself. There is not another car on this side of the racetrack as Waltrip struts down the back stretch, showing his stuff to the hometown fans here in Nashville. Waltrip brings it up into the north end of the speedway, comes off the corner, and the fans come to their feet to cheer him across the line. Checkered flag, and Darrell Waltrip will win the Cracker Barrel 420 here at Nashville, Tennessee. In 1986, Janet Jackson had control of the message about her recent divorce, as What Have You Done For Me Lately topped the charts. The horrors of World War II came into focus as the Netherlands Institute for War Documentation published the complete Diary of Anne Frank. Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis flirt and fly as Top Gun premieres in theaters. And Bill Elliott was in million-dollar mode in Georgia, winning the second annual Winston All-Star Race at Atlanta International Raceway. taking it away from Bonnet for the moment. Bonnet goes back after him on the inside, way down to the bottom of the racetrack, rides up a groove, and they're going for it. Meanwhile, Earnhardt is just 2.8 seconds behind Bill Elliott as that battle comes off at turn four. They'll come across the line door to door. They'll get the white flag. They still have to go around the racetrack one more time as Bill Elliott brings it out of turn number four and down to the finish line, and these fans come to their feet. Elliott will win his first race in 1986 as he has won the second annual Winston. Earnhardt will cross the start-finish line in second, about 2.5 seconds behind him. Two thousand eight, British singer songwriter Leona Lewis had the spirit to go ten times platinum with her debut album and hit single Bleeding Love. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is born as Robert Downey Jr. straps into Tony Stark's mecha suit in the first edition of Iron Man. And Kyle Busch showed us his medal on the track too tough to tame, flying to victory lane in the Dodge Challenger 500 at Darlington Raceway. Victory Lane, off 
turn to for the final time with a big lead. He has no one around him. He's all by himself up the back straightaway for the final time here at the Darlington Raceway. At the entrance of turn number three, drops the car down to the inside, slings it wide up against the safer barrier, looks for the win off the corner. He was in the news last week after getting involved in a crash at Richmond with Dale Earnhardt Jr. He'll be in the news this week for winning at Darlington Raceway in the Dodge Challenger 500. Kyle Busch gets the victory. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. And that'll wrap up another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Want to thank today's guests in Samantha Bush and William Byron and the entire MRN crew. We wish Mike Bagley well and hope he returns to the air chair next week. Until next week, I'm Kyle Rickey. Enjoy the race weekend at the Kansas Speedway here on the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.